All right. We are ready to begin. Uh, thanks, everybody, for coming. I know it's a little chilly in here. I'm going to ask for heat next time. Let's see if I can, how much power I really have. I can turn on in here. Um, uh, we are on 1 Samuel chapter 2, and near the end, verse 32 is where we're going to start, and hopefully we'll be able to get at least a little into chapter 3. Chapter 3 is, of course, that beautiful story about the call of Samuel, and you guys will have a lot of fun when we get to that. Um, but here in uh, chapter 2, remember now the prophet is talking to Eli, and the news isn't good. If you will remember where we left off last time, he was talking about uh, the fact that there's going to come a time when Eli's family is going to be cut off, uh, and there's not going to be an old person left in the house, which is bad news for a guy like me who's getting old. In other words, everyone's going to die uh, at a young age. And uh, he goes on and continues from there, actually. That's where we pick it up at verse 32. All right? So we start there. Vehibat tazar ma'on, v'kol asher yetivet Yisrael, v'lo yehezakein bevetukah kol hayamim. Okay. Vehibatta. And you will look. That's from Navat. This is a hifil, and this form always occurs in the hip field, Navat, always to look at. And you will look, now the next phrase is very obscure, you'll see it translated in different ways. Zar can mean either enemy or uh, a distressing situation. Right? So you will look at the enemies, and now my own, remember we had this last time, uh, meaning referring to the tabernacle. So you will look at uh, enemies in your habitation or at your habitation or you will look at uh, the distress of your habitation. In other words, uh, if that's at all close to what this is, it's, it's the uh, tabernacle is uh, going to be besieged by enemies or there's going to be some uh, disaster that befalls it. And indeed, it's at Shiloh the enemy did come and wipe it out. Um, but again, this whole phrase is obscure, and it may be that the text just isn't preserved very well here, although we're not quite sure uh, what happened. There's kind of no other evidence. And the Septuagint kind of doesn't deal with it at all. Okay? So in other words, so let's just go with, you will look at enemies at your habitation. share In all, or in the midst of everything where, or every place where, yetiv, what's the root of yetiv? Good, Yatav. And everyone know the conjugation? Can you see it? Good, it's a hip field. <clears throat> yatav means to be good in the call. Here, uh, in the hip field, it means to act well or to do good things to someone. And Yahweh is the subject. So in all in which Yahweh does good to Israel. See, so there's going to be disaster that's going to befall the habitation of God, even in the midst of everything else that's happening good to Israel. So for Eli's family, it's bad news. See, it's like Eli's family is kind of being singled out, it seems to be here. Okay? And now he reiterates, and not <clears throat> will there be an old person, a zakain, beveteka, in your house, kol hayamim, all, for all the days, for all time. All right? Um, does anyone have any questions about verse 32, any forms or anything? All right? Good. Verse 33 then. I'm sorry, 
et nasheka bekol marbit betekayamutu anashim. Okay. And a man, <coughs> not will I destroy for you. Okay, that's literally what it is. Notice the word order. You actually have the object first. And a man, not will I destroy for you, mayim, from with my altar. Okay, let's look at that a little more carefully. <laughs> um, <coughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what's the root of akrit? Karat, good, to cut, notice. And this is the hippial form, and it means to destroy, to cut off completely, something like that. So the ish is, but a person, not will I cut off. In more colloquial English, we might say, but I will not cut completely everyone off, something like that. For you, in other words, for your family line, from my altar. Remember in Hebrew, uh, Hebrew loves to pile up prepositions, and so you have here just min plus im. And in English, you wouldn't say from with. You would just say from my altar. So what he's saying is, I'm not going to totally cut off everyone from serving at your altar. All right? But now here comes, that sounds like good news, but here comes the bad news for Eli, and it's really quite severe. Let kalot. Okay, notice that form. What can you say about the root? Let kalot. With that oat ending and a lama in front of it, you know it's an infinitive construct. And so what's the root? A kala. Very good. The third hay roots have, always have that oat. All right? So it's a PL infinitive construct. Kala means to come to an end uh, in the PL, to make, bring an end to, or to destroy. Okay? Uh, Aneka, your eyes. Okay? So I will not cut off for you from my altar so as to destroy your eyes or so that your eyes waste away if you want to do it that way but Yahweh is really the subject of it so as to make your eyes waste away so that Muhammad you're translating as so as right uh, for the purpose in other words he's not cutting anyone off why? so that Eli can see his line die slowly evidently so as to destroy your eyes and to la'adib. This is a rare root. You don't have to put this down on your little index cards. Uh, this is actually a hippial form. Alright. Uh, so, and, and an infinitive construct. And again, the root, some say it's from adav. Some say, Taylor Baumgartner says it's doob. But don't worry about it. It only occurs here. This is the only occurrence of it. Um, and so, something like, so as to rub away or wear away your life. So notice how severe he's being with Eli here. Uh, your eye is going to waste away. I'm going to destroy your eye. You know, In other words, when you see someone you love dying in front of you, notice what that does to you personally. That's what Yahweh seems to be saying to Eli. I'm just going to wear away your life. All right? uh, and all marbit. Notice that the root of that is from Rava, to be great. So you put a mem to it, it becomes a noun. And all the increase of your house, Yamutu, will die as Anashim, as men, as vigorous men or as young men. Basically, that's what he's saying. See? So you're, you, know, you, you know the order of things, that kids are supposed to outlive their parents. They're not supposed to die before their parents, but it's going to be the opposite here. So Eli had to be awful for him to hear that. All right? Any questions about verse 33? These forms are in. Okay? 34. Vezelika ha'ot 
אשר יבוא אל שני בנקה, אל חופני ופנחס, ביום אחד יעמותו שניהם. And this to you is the sign. Notice then you have a rabia above the oath, so it kind of helps you read the text, so you kind of pause there. This to you is the sign, asher, now you have a relative clause, which will come to Shnei Baneka, to your two sons. Okay, remember how uh, numerals are? Here you have the, the two, the number uh, usually comes before, can come after, sometimes in construct, sometimes not. Here it's in construct. So you would just translate, will come to your two sons, to Hothni and Pinchas. Here it is. Beyomechad. In one day, Yamutu, they will die. Shnehem. The both of them. Okay. <laughs> Alright. Verse 35. Here goes the upshot now. Bahaki Moti Okay. What's the root of Vahakimoti? <coughs> Kum. Everybody see it? It's one of those Japanese forms, remember? Hakimoti? You guys aren't laughing. That always gets them in Hebrew class. It's a hippie Japanese form. Hakimoti. <laughs> there we go. Now you finally clicked in. It's a, it's a Va plus perfect first common singular. And I will raise up. See, kum in the call means to rise, intransitive, so hippiel makes it transitive. And I will raise up for myself a kohen ne'eman, a priest, a ne'eman one, faithful. Notice that this is a nifal participle, and the participle serves to modify kohen as an adjective. I will raise up for myself a faithful priest, ka'asher, as bilvavi, in my heart. Okay? And in Nashi, as in my soul. Okay? So he'll be faithful like Yahweh wants him to be, basically, as in my heart and in my soul. Okay? Uh, Yaaseh, he will do. So according to what is in my heart and in my soul, Yaaseh, he will do. Okay? U Baniti, and I will build. What's the root? Baniti. Very good. Bana, notice that yud comes back when you add the consonantal endings to third hey verbs. Simple call. And I will build for him a bite ne'eman. Ah, there's ne'eman again. I will build for him a faithful house. Okay, hit aleg. Notice that this particular manuscript doesn't have a hyric uh, under the hey. Don't let that bother you. Uh, and he will walk. Hit halek, that's a hit pael from halak, and he will walk before meshihi, before my anointed one. Alright? Kol hayamim, all the days. Kind of, I wonder if that's in just, just forever, you know, for all time. Uh, just like we would use the same expression, kol hayamim. Alright? Good. Any questions? Yes? Why Amon is in Nepal? Because remember, yeah, that's a good question. Why isn't it called since it means to be faithful? Uh, and I don't know if it's just... Uh, notice amen in the call means to be faithful. So why don't they just use the call participle? And I don't know, it just may be customary usage or something like that uh, here. Um, yeah, that's a good question. And I don't know if you could substitute it or not. It would be interesting to see how often the call... You'd have to check 
on your uh, computers, this is where this comes in handy. Check on your computers where the call participle functions as an adjective versus a nifl. Maybe we'd get a good picture of its usage. Because um, maybe it's just across the board, whenever you want to say something is faithful, use net and mod, rather than omain or something like that. I don't know. I've never seen omain actually, so I may be right. All right, any other questions? Verse 36. And it will come to pass, unless there will be again, so you pause there, and it will happen. Okay, notice that uh, no tar there. See the root? What's the root, even if you don't know the word? Yatar. The, the vav following the nun kind of tells you, okay, I'm looking for the root, it's yatar. And it means to be left. And so here you have what kind of form from yatar? Nifal participle used as a what? Used as a noun. Remember, participles can function as verbs more or nouns. Here you have a noun. So, everyone who is left, kol hanotar, everyone who is left in your house, yavo, will come, to worship, to bow down to him, namely to the anointed one or to the faithful one. Notice that, that this is a hishtafel from chava. The only hishtafel this root is the only root in the Bible that has a hishtafel, to bow down. So as soon as you see it, bow down. <laughs> Think of it, bow down. Okay, he will come to worship him, or bow down to him, for an agorat of kesef, for a payment of silver, and for a kikar, a loaf of bread. So notice what he's predicting for Eli's family. Anyone who's left is going to be reduced to poverty. So for going to the... Uh, priest or the anointed one just to ask for something to eat. Okay? And he will say Sefakini. Safak means to join or to attach. Okay, and this is a call um, imperative. Attach me. Join me. Okay, now what's the function of the na here, Sim? <coughs> Very good. Particle of politeness. When someone is being very deferential and wants to be polite, they usually use na. And uh, especially when an inferior is addressing a superior. So notice the na is put here purposely, um, please attach me. So he's being deferential and very polite. Please attach me to one of the kehunot. Notice the root here. If you don't know this word probably, but what, root, what word do you know from this root? Kohen, right? Yeah, so attach me to one of the priestly orders or priestly duties or something like that. See, remember the, the uh, priests and Levites were divided up and they each had different responsibilities at the sanctuary and they would serve for a period of time. So he's saying, attach me to one of these, let uh, so that I might eat, to eat, notice the subject is the guy speaking, a pot lachem, a morsel of bread. So, wow, that's a devastating thing against Eli. Good. Uh, any questions about 36?
Alright, good. Let's go to chapter 3 because uh, here's your guys are on more familiar territory. Extremely popular and this section of course comes in the pericopal system as well so you'll have a chance to preach on it uh, throughout your ministry, right? Alright, here we get back to Samuel now. Remember we've been alternating between Eli's kids and Samuel throughout. Now we're back to Samuel. Okay? Verse 1. Veha na'ar Shemuel mesharet et Yahweh lifnei Udevar Yahweh hayayakar bayamim hahem, ein chazon nifrats. Now the youth Samuel, Meshareit, was serving Yahweh. We've seen this word before, uh, a PL participle, uh, and it's usually Joshua was serving, Samuel was serving. This is kind of a standard way to put it. Sometimes you see the hayah before it. Here you don't have the hayah, so evidently uh, you would translate the same way. The youth Samuel was serving Yahweh before Eli, or maybe in better English even, under Eli. So, okay. Now the word of Yahweh was Yakar, was rare, by Yamim Hahem, in the days of those, in those days. Okay. Now notice the next phrase, because the next phrase is in apposition. It explains what that means. The first thought that came to your head, well, what does that mean? The word of the Lord was rare in those days. Does that mean no one preached it? Well, not necessarily. Or no one taught it? Not necessarily. He's referring to something very specific. And here's what he says. There was not a chazon. There was not a vision. Nifrats. Um, Parats means in the call to burst out or to breach a wall. Notice that this is a nifal and it means to spread. So vision was not widespread. <coughs> spread out. Right, in other words... There weren't a lot of people having uh, revelations from Yahweh. That's what he means by the word of the Lord was rare in those days. You notice it's a nice setup for what follows. You can almost bet, ah, the word of the Lord's going to come. And you'd be right. <clears throat> Any questions about verse 1? Notice that Nifrat uh, functions in much the same way to modify Chazon as Ne'eman did in the previous chapter. The Nifals and passive forms, puals, nifals, call passives, um, hafals, function very much like this. Verse 2. Vahi bayom ha'u ve'eli shokev b'mekomo ve'enav hechelu kehot lo yukal lirot. Now it came to pass bayom ha'u on that day. Okay, so it happened on that day. Notice we have this temporal, uh, this temporal uh, succession now going. He's going to tell us a lot of things that happened. He's setting the background here. It happened at that. I shouldn't say on that day. It should be at that time. Notice Yom really has a more general meaning. At that time, and here's another circumstantial clause. While Eli Shokaving was sleeping Bimekomo in his place, he was sleeping in his room. Now it gives another circumstance. Ve'enav. Notice, just notice the uh, pointing here. It's pointed weird because the consonantal text has the singular, no. If you read the consonantal text, the no, his eye. The Masoretes want you to read the plural, enav, his eyes. So that's why that kamas is under the nun. Okay? His eyes. Now you have hechelu. What's the root? Anyone figure that out? Close. Chalal. Chalal. In the Hiphil, it means to begin. 
the more popular uh, meaning you know for is the PL, to profane. Halal can also mean to pierce. Um, so a halal is a pierced one. Um, so you have words like kala, which is a loaf of bread with a hole in the middle, what we know as a donut. Kalon is a window. Um, halal also means to play the pipe. So khali, khalil is a pipe. Um, so there's a number of words that, that have, of this root has a number of meanings for it. Okay? So here's the hip feel. His eyes had begun to be kehot. This is just a, uh, an adjective, dim. Okay? Um, kaha is a verb to grow dim or to be dim. So his eyes had begun to become dim. And now I explain a little further. Lo yukal, that's from yakal, call imperfect. He was not able, Lero, to see. Okay? Questions about verse 2? All right, verse 3. Bener Elohim terem yikbeh. And the lamp of God. This is referring to in the holy place. Remember you had the, uh, the menorah, which they would lit light in the evening, and it would burn all night. And then towards the morning, remember, it would burn out, and they would clean it up, and then it would be ready for the next evening. So they always lit it in the evening. Now the lamp of God, terem, not yet yikbeh. Um, had not yet gone out. Yikbem means to be extinguished. Or had not yet yeah, thrown dim. Um, notice that following words like terem, you commonly have the prefixed form, even though it's referring to past tense. Um, because most people say you should understand these as preterites, even though they're not usually... Um, shortened anymore. Notice that that's a full imperfect form. Probably because of the manuscript tradition or something like that. But you would still translate as past tense. So the lamp of God had not yet been extinguished. And, and Samuel Shokave was lying down in the um, tabernacle of Yahweh where there was the ark of God. That's interesting. I don't know if he was in the uh, holy place. Maybe he was in the holy place. I assume he was not in the holy of holies. That's an interesting kind of aside. So notice all of verse 2 and 3 are giving part of the the circumstances behind the time. See, at that time, so you get the picture very clearly. At that time, Eli was lying in his room. His eyes, he was going blind. And the lamp of the Lord was still burning. So it was kind of late in the evening, probably, is the impression. And Samuel was sleeping as well, see? So they were all doing that. And now here's what happened in verse 4, okay? Any, any questions about verse 3 before we go on? Okay, verse 4. Va'yechor Yahweh el Shemuel va'yomer hineni. Then Yahweh called to Samuel. And Samuel said, notice, understand the subject, here am I, hineni. Va'yarats El Eli Vayomer Hinani Hikaratali Vayomer Lo Karati Shushkav Vayelik Vayishkav. So he ran Vayarats. What's the root? Roots, yeah, roots. Notice the two commas is give it away. Call imperfect Bob consecutive. And he ran to Eli and he said, Here am I, for Karata you called me. And he said, 
Lo karati. I did not call you. Now notice he has two um, imperatives, shuv and shakab. Those are both imperatives. Um, and so it's return, lie down. In English, notice that the shuv almost functions kind of adverbially or as, as kind of an interjection. Go lie down again. Yeah, shuv, shuv shakab. Go lie down. So, vayelik vayishkab. So he went down. So he returned from halak vayishkab and he slept. Okay. We'll stop here at the paragraph and take it up at verse 6 next week.